Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury, Inside the Heart of a Champion, with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighter's Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you as the next hour we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. A lot to get into. A lot of big announcements this week for the UFC. A monster, monster week as far as announcing fights for them and their future and their and their 2020 all lined up. So we'll get to that. Obviously, we have a big, big heavyweight title fight coming up next week. Anthony Joshua trying to avenge his loss to Andy Ruiz, who took all his belts, took his pride, took all of that, took his first loss to Andy Ruiz. So we'll get into that as well. Uh, just a little bit of a recap from last night. He had some boxing action, top rank. Uh, in action and uh, locally there's a cool story so we had Xander Zayas we've had on the show a couple of times he improved to 2-0 got himself another first round TKO last night so the young 17 year old's record is uh, is unblemished in the early goings as he's uh, knocked out now two fighters in the span of about five weeks so that's where his career's at it's off to a flourishing start so a big shout out to Xander as the the local product if you guys are looking for a story to get behind you guys can check him out also we got coming up in a couple of weeks, we found out that Harold Calderon, our guy, he is going to be back in the ring in, uh, in Miramar in about two weeks' time. He's fighting on December 13th. I think we're going to have him in studio this week upcoming, so you guys can uh, look forward to that as he'll be going to looking to go to 22-0 and in his career. But uh, he also had Carl Frampton. He got himself a big win last night in, uh, in, in, uh, in boxing as he got the win on ESPN+. Plus. And so, you know, it was a pretty quiet night as you had the holiday week going forth as far as the action was concerned in the ring and all that and, and big headline fights as we're gearing up for a big December and a big less, next couple of weeks. But the uh, the big story, there are a couple of things. Let's just get to it. So I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. And if you're a fight fan, Thanksgiving was given a, uh, a big treat as we got the news this week that Conor McGregor is going to make his return. He is going to be fighting on January 18th against Donald Cowboy Cerrone, UFC 246. It is going to be a main event fight, and it is going to take place at 170 pounds. Um, so there's obviously a couple of interesting things here. One, we have a, a another non-title fight, which is going to be main eventing a card, which is something Conor has done before with the Nate Diaz fights. Uh, it is going to take place at 170 pounds, where his non-title fights have main evented. So... We have those uh, those parallels that are coming through. Obviously, this is just months after we had the Bad Mother Bleeper Belt, which main evented at Madison Square Garden, which is not an official title, but maybe even better than a regular title, the Bad Mother Bleeper Belt. Uh, this Conor McGregor thing is an interesting development because, you know, getting him in the octagon is always is is always looked upon as well. What's going to be big a big enough fight to make this happen? And I certainly think that. This Cowboy Cerrone fight has been one that I feel like the initial buzz isn't going to be is is not going to be as big as it is once we get into the actual lead up of the fight. When these two actually get into a fight promotion, I think people are going to be really hyped for it. It's it's a it's a pleasing style. Both these guys they they bring all action. Don Cerrone's got more wins in the UFC than anybody in anybody's uh, career. So he's an absolute legend. He's a Hall of Famer. These guys have been circling each other for a long, long time. We've been waiting to get the Cowboy Cerrone Conor McGregor matchup, and it just has, hasn't come to fruition. Whether it's been, 
you know, stuff that's been going on with Conor McGregor, whether it's been Donald falling on hard times as he's been trying to get himself back into the title picture as well. So now we finally get these two guys, two absolute, absolute legends who everybody loves watching, uh, two fan favorites. I think it's going to do monster numbers. Um, it, it's one of those things that doesn't need a belt. It doesn't need uh, anything that is going to add to it. And, you know, the the show enough is Conor McGregor's back in the octagon. That is that is what everybody is uh, excited about. It is interesting that it is at 170 pounds. Um, what the real reason is for is 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 a bit confusing because, you know, Connor is in this point where he is in desperate need of a win. Hasn't had a win since 2016, since he beat Eddie Alvarez and won and won the the light the lightweight championship of the world. Um, we know what happened against Khabib Nurmagomedov. Probably the most dominated Connor's ever been in a fight where. Even in the Nate Diaz fight, you know he was he was kind of beating the brakes off of Nate Diaz and just gassed out, and and that ended up with him uh, getting submitted. But with with Habib, he was really beaten in every facet of the fight. It was much much different. So the other thing that 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 is strange about it is, you know, when we had the Nate Diaz fight, you know, Conor was at the top of the heat, and he could make his own rules, and everything kind of went as he went. So. When he says, no, immediately I want to go back and I want to fight Nate Diaz, even though it was probably a bad matchup and they made Nate Diaz uh, at the time welterweight, they made it seem like Conor McGregor was fighting a heavyweight. Like, oh, this guy, too big. He's been fighting a guy who's way, way bigger. He went up two weight classes to fight him. Uh, and it's, it's like in reality, you know, he's took it on a guy, and Nate Diaz, who at the time in his career was, you know, kind of up and down. Now Nate's gone on and blossomed on to be a, a huge, huge star and, and uh, and one of the most you know fan favorites out there, but this is a different scenario because you know if Connor probably had his ways, he'd want to just get right back in and fight Habib. That he'd want to fight for the title. But this is a little bit different because you are in a situation where that division, that lightweight division, is so fruitful and has so many good fighters and has been in a spot where you could definitely call it the deepest division in the sport and you're not getting any kind of a legit argument of anything else, maybe welterweight, but you know, we're talking about the guys that have been out there. Mostly it has been because you've had Dustin Poirier who at the two, who, who hadn't had a shot against Habib and now has uh, Tony Ferguson. We finally got the news this week. He's going to fight Habib and we're going to get uh, dedicate some time to that as well. Um, but you can't, you can't have a legitimate championship, whether you want to talk about you know what belts matter, or what what you know what uh, what they say about people. If you're going to be a sport that cares about the belts, you know this has been a bit of a debate with with welterweight, where right now welterweight, the biggest star in welterweight, and 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 the guy who is the the biggest fan favorite right now is Jorge Masvidal. I don't think there's an argument for anybody else. Not Tyron Woodley, not Colby Covington, not Kamaru Usman. The 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 most the, the most popular guy going right now, who's also at the top, is Jorge Masvidal. He's he's a little bit bigger than the title is right now. And that's fine. If, if, if he's, also, he's also in a spot where he is deserving of a title shot should he go that direction. It's probably not. It seems like it's it's starting to lean like he's going to be fighting Nick Diaz or, or one of the Diaz brothers to then lead into a possible Conor McGregor showdown. But he's, he's, he's kind of left that in the way he's not trying to hold that up. Where it's like, if George was, if if he had lost a fight but still wants to fight, uh, if he lost to Usman, but he still, you know, he still wanted to fight Usman just because, 
you know, he's not going to get to do that. They're, they're going to end. They would have ended up going with whoever the next contender is if he lost the way he lost to Habib. So my bigger point of it is, Connor is in the spot where, yeah, he gets to make his own rules and he gets to play and he and he, and he mostly gets to dictate what he wants to do. But if you have a situation where Habib Nurmagomedov holds the title, doesn't like him, um, and you have Tony Ferguson who has won twelve fights in a row and hasn't had a title shot, you might as well just throw the belt in the trash if you're going to uphold it with, with any type of meaning. You know, it, it's going to mean nothing if 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 McGregor is able to go in there and, and just fight him after still not winning a fight for three years. So that's why that's why it's important for him to get a fight uh, that not only gets him right, but it's just, you know, it seems like it's a stylistic matchup that is uh, is is easier for him than if he were to just go in there and go against a guy, Habib, who could take him down, maul him, and probably gas him out and choke him out. I don't think that Don Cerrone's going to do that, although Don Cerrone's submission game is absolutely dangerous. You know, we can't just go into this thinking that Cerrone is in this position where he's going to just stand and bang with Conor McGregor. He could take him down. We've seen that really when Cerrone's takedown game is a big part of his arsenal. That's almost when he's at his best because you don't know what to expect, and that's when he, he'll end up hitting you with those Mortal Kombat kicks upside the head. So, you know, McGregor's in for it with this one. I mean, this is this is a big swing fight because not only uh, is he is he searching for a loss for a long, long time, he is going up. He's not fighting at his most optimum weight. I think as we've seen as the, as the opponents have gotten bigger, Connor's gotten worse. Connor was an all-world fighter at featherweight. When he, when he was at featherweight, the type of machine that he was was unbelievable. It was unstoppable. Um, but as the opponents have gotten bigger, his performances have gotten worse. You know, as as he hasn't had that that monstrous weight cut, he hasn't looked as good. He didn't look as good against Nate Diaz as he did against you know Jose Aldo or or Chad Mendez or or Dustin Poirier or any of those guys that he beat at one forty five. Um, but that's not to say that he can't be. It's not to say that he that that he can't go out there and win. He still isn't uh, a a great striker, but. You know, one of the things that did make him special that we haven't really seen since the Eddie Alvarez fight, which was at 155 pounds, is that sweet left-hand magic that really just puts puts his opponents away. We haven't seen that. And so the question is, can he go and do that to Donald Cerrone? Can he go and, and, can, he, and, and can he put him away in such a way that really makes people feel like, wow, Conor McGregor's back? So the idea is he's got this fight coming up with, with Cowboy. According to Ariel Helwani, this is what he has uh, reported. Um, Helwani went on Sports Center and he says, "Here is uh, here is the he has laid out the plan. He wants to fight three times next year. He hasn't done that in over three years, so it's a pretty lofty goal. Uh, but he believes that when he is active and he's not distracted and he's not in trouble, he's very focused. People are going to say that they haven't seen him this focused in a long time. Um, so he says this is what he wants to do. <coughs> Excuse me." He says he wants to fight on January 18th. Uh, he wanted to fight in December, but the UFC wouldn't give him the opportunity. They have that card coming up in a couple of weeks. That is three title fights. So putting him on that card would seem pretty crazy and redundant, even though he would obviously make it a monster. Why not just do it in a couple of weeks where we think they'll do pretty good in December and then you have him coming up in January. But 
You have him, uh, he wanted to fight in December, UFC didn't give him an opportunity, so he's going to fight at the beginning of the year, then he wants to return in the spring or summer and fight maybe Jorge Masvidal or Nate Diaz. And then he says he wants to uh, he wants to show that he can fight at 170, prove that he can hang with the welterweights, and then he wants to end the year with a fight against Khabib Nurmagomedov if he is still champion in Moscow. He wants to right that wrong. Now, that's a big if. Obviously, we have to get to the Tony Ferguson thing because... Habib is going to be in for it come April. He's got a huge, huge matchup against Tony Ferguson, and I suppose Conor McGregor, if he gets a couple of wins at welterweight, as wacky as it is, will that will that put him in a position where he's going to fight Tony Ferguson for the title at lightweight? Maybe. You know, maybe it sets up a rematch with Habib. Who knows? But this idea that he wants to hang with the welterweights, you know, we, we know that the reports were he was not happy when the first inkling was Jorge Masvidal going on Levitard's show and saying that he wants to fight Conor McGregor. And remember, mind you, this was before all the Nate Diaz stuff happened. This was before the Nate Diaz call-out. Jorge made it clear that he wanted to go and fight Conor McGregor. That that, that was the big money fight. Jorge, with all the years that he was, he, he's made it clear. He's fighting for paychecks. He wants to fight for the biggest biggest names that's why he wants to do the Nick Diaz thing uh instead of uh, a title fight against Colby and Usman he wants to fight Nick Diaz it's a bigger name it's a bigger draw it's a it's to 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 him it'll draw more pay-per-view buys um Conor McGregor obviously that's like the golden calf of of getting pay-per-view buys but Conor doing this thing where he wants to prove that he can hang with these guys like you know, Cowboys always kind of been a welterweight tweener. Like this, this to me, like they could do this fight at 155 if they wanted to. There's, there's, you know, there's no reason why both of these guys who have been contenders at 155 pounds can't do this fight at lightweight. It's kind of just like, yeah, but why? It, it, it's a little interesting to me that they would just say, yeah, yeah, just do it at welterweight because there's no reason they can't do it at lightweight. They're just like, yeah, well, what's the point? I guess saying that. You know, if I get a couple of wins, people are going to want to see me fight Khabib anyway. I get it. Um, but is it going to prove that you're going to be big enough to take on Jorge Masvidal just because you beat Donald Cerrone at 155 pounds? Not really. I mean, look, you guys remember what Jorge Masvidal did to Donald Cerrone? It was pretty violent. Um, it's, uh, it, you know, it, I don't think that should prove anything to anybody about Conor McGregor's ability to hang with Jorge Masvidal from a size standpoint. Um, the thing, the thing about fighting Masvidal for, for, for Connor is look, you can believe it's just a size thing and that's fine. But if you're not watching the versatility that, that, that Masvidal is bringing to the cage with his versatility of his strikes, his ability to be good with both hands, his knees, his elbows, um, the body kicks that he, that he puts in. I mean, like. Imagine what that's going to do, you know, what those kicks that he was putting on on Nate Diaz. Imagine what those are going to do to a guy who has had the cardio issues that Connor has. It's it just it just it just lines up for bad news for him, man. It really really does. So I think that would be an absolute monster fight. So if we're talking about the business of your fights this year and what can line you up the right way, he's doing it the right way. He's going to do a matchup against Donald Cerrone, a fa- a fight that everybody's wanted for a long time, him versus Cowboy. So let's say he wins that fight. 
then what would be the next biggest fight? I guess it depends. I mean, like, Jorge Masvidal, if he fights Nick Diaz uh, or Nate Diaz, let's just say he's going to fight one of the Diaz brothers, put Nick as the, the front runner for it. Uh, if he wins that fight, probably going to be bigger than he even is now. Um, I don't really know who else within his size Connor could fight to say that's that's a bigger deal. Not even if it was a, you know, not even if it was a welterweight title fight. Um, you know, Connor fighting for his third belt versus fighting Jorge Masvidal. I think we've seen like names are what sells, not necessarily accomplishments. So we see this even in boxing where guys are like, hey, he's going for his, you know, you know, Canelo Alvarez. He's going for the light heavyweight championship. It's like, well, all right, that's cool, but I, you know, I'd much rather him fight. I'd rather much I'd much rather him fight Triple G for no belts than him fight somebody else for an eighth belt. So I don't know how much Connor fighting for his third belt at that point would uh would do for him. But let's just say he beats Sonsaroni and then he goes up in lines with Hori Masvidal. I would say outside of the Habib fight, I don't really know if there is another fight that does that type of business. Maybe the Nate Diaz fight, uh the trilogy. We've been waiting for that one for a long time, but now you're taking on the guy that just stopped Nate Diaz. So he's almost a bigger boogeyman than uh, than Nate would even be. So it, it's it's an interesting thing. Look, it's great to have Conor McGregor back in the sport. It is. Um, it's especially great because there's been a lot of bad stuff that's surrounded him with uh, – you know, with with the assaults, with the the sexual assault allegations, with the with the thefts, with with uh, with the breaking of the phones, with the getting in trouble in Miami, and all this stuff, um, he seems like a guy who has not been able to keep his head on straight without fighting. And so, with this structure of the cage coming back, hopefully that'll have him in a better spot, and you know, he can get his life together a little bit. But, um. If we're just talking about for the next six months, you're going to get to see him against Don Cerrone and possibly Jorge Masvidal. Those are two fights I want to see. No bones about it. I mean, those are two awesome, awesome fights. They're blockbuster fights, and they're tough fights for him. I don't think he could beat Jorge Masvidal. Donald, I think he could beat, but I don't feel great about it. You know, you know, it's been a long time since we've seen Conor McGregor be an elite fighter, and so why would I feel like he's got an absolute you know, easy road against a guy who has more UFC wins than anybody in his career and a guy who's been who's the fighter of the year of 2019. That's not easy. So you got look, Connor's not coming in here and he's he's not he's not looking for the easiest road. It's not it's not the toughest road, you know, like if we're going to talk about who he, if he were to come back and fight Justin Gaethje at lightweight, you know, I think everybody'd be like, "Whoa." But I get it. He's Conor McGregor, you want the biggest fight and let's just be you know, him fighting Cowboy is a bigger fight than him fighting Gaethje. Just is. So you fight the the biggest, you know, the biggest name with the with the easiest path. Cowboy's not an easy path, but he's an easier path right now than Justin Gaethje is. When we come back, we get to a little bit of Tony Ferguson, Habib Nurmagomedov. That was announced this week, and what the fallout from that is with the trickle down of the UFC. We'll be back with more after this on Fighters Fury. It's Fighters Fury on AM790 the ticket. All right, welcome back, everybody. Dominic with you on Fighters Fury. We're back tomorrow morning, full schedule, back off vacation. Uh, technically, this is back off vacation. But sometimes just getting to talk fights just feels like a vacation. But tomorrow, uh, back tomorrow, 6 to 10 a.m., 
Bag with Leroy. Bag with Robbie the Degenerate. Full swing. Full swing, full week. Um, so the big news, and I talked a little bit about this last segment. Uh, obviously, we had the Conor McGregor, Don Cerrone announcement this week. That was huge news. But I think it's even – I don't think it's crazy to say. If you're, if you're a pure – MMA fan, if you're a UFC fan, just hardcore. There's been there's very few unicorns that are out there. Just just rare fights that we have been waiting for for a long, long time. You know, just just fights that have never come to fruition for whatever reason. But the but, but probably the rarest of unicorns, the one we have been waiting for. That I I can even say this fight is bigger than it is uh, than when we first were hoping we would get it. Because the last time this was as big was when it was scheduled to be an interim title belt. And now it's not. Now it is now it is scheduled to be for the undisputed lightweight championship of the world. And it is also scheduled to be against a, a Khabib Nurmagomedov, who I would say is is bigger than he was ever since this this rivalry has uh has has been put forth. It really has. I mean, the la- this is try. They've tried to make this fight happen for. Jeez, I mean, this is what the fifth. This is the fifth time it's been scheduled. The fifth time, two two injuries on each side for why it has fallen through. I remember. I remember wanting to go cover this at UFC Orlando back when it was going to be just a fight night, Habib versus Tony Ferguson. These are two guys who I think everybody legitimately feels are the best. 155 pound fighters on the planet. You know, Habib has put the the Dustin Poirier thing to rest because he was able to go beat him. Um, and so this this is kind of the, the the final showdown of who's actually the best. You know, people have tried to come for Tony's crown, and even since his injury, he's been able to rack up wins against uh, Anthony Pettis in a in a in a vicious fight. Uh, he was able to beat Donald Cerrone, where he turned Donald Cerrone's eye into a cyclops. So it's it's been it, it it really has you have seen these two guys with whatever challenge has been put forth their way they've been able to demolish it and that's why this fight's so great you know you have two individuals here who are are going to be fighting for a belt that you know Tony kind of had stripped away because of his injury and he he ended up losing it uh because he his knee was all shredded up doing UFC media, wearing his sunglasses inside, and you know so so Khabib went to go and he got able to go fight Ally Quinta, won the vacant championship, but that was like even though he won the vacant championship, you didn't beat the champion, you know you beat a you beat a wire and you beat Ally Quinta who was taking you on twenty four hours notice, um, it's it's a favorable thing to happen, and so. You know, all, all the things that they've had. You know, we remember the time when they were supposed to fight and Tony was uh, was was scheduled to fight him and Habib missed weight and had the had to go to the hospital and there were all the rumors that he was eating the tiramisu and, you know, was very undisciplined that week and we missed the fight because of that reason. And so the point being is we it's been like the last the last lost fight for so long where we've been dying to see who's the better guy. who, Because for, for so many of these people who go in there and fight Khabib Nurmagomedov, you know, he has been able to basically take on guys who their their first discipline is striking. 
Like, if I were to ra- ra- rail off the last five opponents for Habib, so his last three years of work, Dustin Poirier, his best asset is boxing. He's good at everything, but his best asset is boxing. Conor McGregor, obviously, his striking, his his left hand, all that stuff, that's that's what he comes to, to the cage with. Ayla Quinta, he definitely has wrestling, but I don't think people will put it at the class of Tony Ferguson. Um, he's he's just not at the class of any of these guys, really. Uh, Edson Barboza, I mean, you know, at the most vicious kicks in the division, but he's not, you know, no one's going to mistake him for, for George St. Pierre as far as wrestling is concerned. And Michael Johnson, who, of course, has that, that dyna- those dynamic hands, uh, probably put the best shot on Khabib that he's ever taken in his career. So those are the last five guys that he's taken on. In, in 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 the lightweight division, guys who are super good. I'm not, and I'm not by any means diminishing what Nurmagomedov has put forth, but they are not they are not guys who are coming with the versatility and the toolbox that Tony Ferguson is. And Tony is crazy, you know. Like all of these guys, and part of the the beauty of 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 taking on Habib is the idea that. He's going to put all this pressure on you. He's going to wilt you. He's going to he's gonna make you want to take chances. This reminds you of, the, of the, the Poirier fight. You know, Dustin is so damn good. And he, he, he has, he has a, a lot of the versatility that Ferguson is just not, probably I would say, as crisp everywhere. But even he had to get to that point where you know, he he was he he took the big shot with the guillotine. Looked like he had him. Looked like he had him, but he had to take that big risk. And at that point, once you don't get that, Khabib pounces. He pounces, gets his neck, and that was that. So, Conor McGregor, same way. It felt like it's all just a waiting game for him to wilt you, to 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 put forth whatever he can. You know, Conor said even in that fight, maybe he was banged up, maybe he had a foot injury. Okay, whatever, but. As that fight was going on, you knew as the as the rounds went by, it was only going to favor Habib. Same thing with uh, with Ally Quinta. Um, you know, maybe there was a round where he was goofing off a little bit and uh, was just going pure striking, but mostly it was a it was a dominant fight for Habib. Dust, uh, Edson Barbosa, same thing. It's uh, it was a, it was a fight where he is just bludgeoning him as the fight goes on. Michael Johnson, same deal. So this is this has been his recent resume, his his path to victory. That's that's the way he goes and wins. With Tony, okay. Tony is that. He is a guy who also is a fighter of attrition where he's going to keep coming forward and he's going to keep putting punishment on you and he's going to keep he's going to, to to keep bludgeoning you with all that he has, his elbow, his vicious elbows, his very heavy punches, all of that stuff. His jiu-jitsu is absolutely devastating. He'll catch you with submissions in really weird spots. Um I don't know if there is anybody right now in the sport that you would say has a better gas tank than Tony Ferguson. And not only does it feel like the gas tank is uh, is unlimited, but it feels like he gets better as the fights go on. You know, if anything, I think with Tony, you would say he's a, he's a bit of a slow starter. So you have a guy in, in, in Habib where he gets better as the fight goes on. Yes, but... You know, we maybe the best opportunity he's going to have to beat Tony would be early on in the fight. And how can he do that? Can he can he really get Tony down in such a way where he is going to get behind him and choke him out? Uh, it's just unlikely. It's unlikely to see that path to victory. Now, 
it's not to say that as he's beaten on him uh, as the fights go on, if he continues to take Tony down and, and wear on him, that Tony doesn't get exhausted. Just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it can't happen. But you look at the skill set that Ferguson brings to this fight, it's why we've been wanting it for so long. They just look like they, they, they complement each other to make a fascinating fight in so many ways. There's also, look, this is going to be a great fight buildup. This is going to be a great fight buildup, and not one that's going to be built, I think, on the nastiness that 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 Habib versus Connor was, because you know, so that brought in religion and culture and all that stuff. This is going to be a nastiness because these two genuinely have been thought of as the best two 155-pound fighters on the planet now for the better part of four years, and we haven't been able to get them in an octagon together despite multiple, multiple attempts. Um, and all of that stuff... I think is going to lead to a fascinating fight buildup. And I really feel like, you know, as far as like non-gimmicks are concerned, like no gimmicks, uh, no no McGregor factor, none of that stuff. Like as far as a pure title fight for the best versus the best, this is going to be the best box office draw that the UFC could just do with not only proving uh, not only not only proving who's the best in, in a heated rivalry, a personal rivalry, but who genuinely is the best fighter and what now has been the long-reigning best division in the sport. And that is, if, if you're a fight fan, that is all you need to sell you on why this fight is important, why this is going to be the uh, such a huge, huge draw for people because you have two guys who Khabib is now a big star. Tony is a fan favorite. They are both uh they are both very big professional rivals and you don't know who's going to be out on top right now. I don't feel like I want to see a little bit of the build up, how these guys are handling stuff. They both had have had adversity to deal with. Uh more so Tony as far as the injury recently, uh the mental stuff that he's had to go through. But we also know that uh, he is a bit of a, a, I don't even want to say crazy person because of, of what he's dealt with, but he is a bit of an evil genius when it comes to the way he trains, uh, the nature that he trains with, and, and what he immenses himself with. And, then, and, 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 and if you look at Khabib, these aren't unique things that he's been, he hasn't been developing crazy unique things as it's gone. He's gone with one skill set that's so dominant that nobody's been able to figure out, even the best of the best. And, and and that is why, as 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 fight fans, this makes it so fascinating, and why you can't wait for it. So, absolutely, absolutely stoked for it to have a week where we had uh, McGregor versus Cerrone announced. Feels like we're starting to lean towards Masvidal versus uh, Nick Diaz, and now we get Habib versus Tony Ferguson. We just found out uh, the week beforehand, John Jones is coming back to defend his title against Dominic Reyes early in the. I mean, twenty twenty is shaping up to be. Really, really great for the UFC. Really, really is. They have a lot of great matchups coming up in those first four months. That's going to probably catapult into an even crazier, um, you know, second third of the uh, second third of the year. Really, really great. When we come back, we will get into the rematch that is coming up next week: the heavyweight title, Anthony Joshua versus Andy Ruiz. We'll talk about it next. It's Fighters Fury on AM seven ninety The Ticket. Welcome back, everybody. 
Futter's Fury here on the ticket. So let's get to some boxing. Coming up next week, we have uh, the rematch for Andy Ruiz Jr. taking on Anthony Joshua. Of course, this was Andy Ruiz's coming out party last June at Madison Square Garden where he won the WBA, the IBF, the WBO, the IBO heavyweight championship of the world as he beat Anthony Joshua via seventh round TKO. Uh Stunning upset. Remember, this was supposed to be a fight where Anthony Joshua was taking on Jarrell Big Baby Miller, uh, who are fans of the show. We like Big Baby. He's been a good guest of the show. Um, but he he was found with copious amounts of, of performance enhancing drugs with his with his uh, with his you know with the, with the drug test leading up to the bout. Um, so we haven't heard from him in a little bit. It's uh, it's it's so we have this upcoming match against Anthony Joshua next week in Saudi Arabia. Where, look, I don't know why it's taking place. In, I mean, we know why it's taking place in Saudi Arabia because it's a huge money grab. I didn't love it as this was going on because it just felt stupid. Like, you know, why Why with, with, uh, with, with two places you could go with these guys to have a very great cultured environment of whether it's, uh, it's AJ fighting in London which, or, or anywhere in England, which is always just a huge, huge show. Um, it would basically be at the same time, or you could do it here in America where all of this stuff kind of, uh, where all these demons came up for AJ, knowing that AJ is in a position where he had control of this because he had the rematch clause, the fight was signed already. Um, and you know, that's why you have that. You have it to protect just in case of, you know, your 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 golden goose if you're Eddie Hearn getting beat and so you have this fallback plan. I just didn't get it. You know, this idea that you're having this fight in, in the desert, uh, it was wild to me. Now, I went on this huge rant. I had people from Saudi Arabia very mad at me. It was one of those things where I just like I didn't get the idea of, of throwing this uh this fight with AJ and Ruiz in Saudi Arabia because I figured, oh, this is gonna be unbearably hot why would they do this because i know this has just happened recently with the wwe now we're apparently in a softer year uh softer part of the year when it comes to weather so for like right now in saudi arabia it's 73 degrees it's not you know the hundreds of it's not hundreds of degrees where you know you're probably gonna wilt as the fight's going on for example when uh they just did the fight um when they just did the poirier fight poirier versus habib over uh over there it was in in abu dhabi it was, they were saying it was like the hottest it's ever been in an arena. So it's not that. Um, but if I, you know, if I was Anthony Joshua and I, and I was first, you know, leading up to this, I was like, you know, should we really be doing this fight where it's a guy where we were concerned kind of about AJ's cardio and we're concerned about those big muscles getting through the fight? It's apparently not that serious. But I still find it weird that they're, that they're putting the fight over there. Um, Here's the other thing that I find strange about it, okay? You're right now, if you're if you're Anthony Joshua, and I, I don't mean to dismiss age, uh, Andy Ruiz in this because if he wins this fight, he is going to be the guy who holds the most belts, even though he'll probably have to give one of them up uh, in the upcoming because that's just how boxing is. It's weird and stupid. Um, but if you are Anthony Joshua, all this talk is going to be coming up soon about Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. These guys are fighting on ESPN as Fox behind them. And 
this this AJ Ruiz fight, you know, to me, it's the heavyweight championship of the world. I would want this thing right where we had Deontay Wilder last week. You know, we had him in prime time the whole day leading up to it, the uh, the excitement, the anticipation. And I'm looking at the zone schedule for next week, and the card starts at 11 a.m. on Saturday. And the main card starts at 3 o'clock uh, in the afternoon. So, you know, let's just say the main event starts at 6. You know, I appreciate it as somebody who has to be up the next day breaking down fights and, 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 and reacting to stuff. Hey, I appreciate that this is going to be all done by 7 o'clock. But, you know, you're just losing a little bit to not have that full day of anticipation with the with the fight game, the day of watching fights, just weird, you know. People people aren't going to be, I, I feel like, as jazzed for it as they should be. This is as far as the matchups concerned. Okay, so we'll put all those technicalities aside. You know, the fact that it's in a weird place, the fact that it's at a weird time. All right, forget all that. I do feel like because of the time and place that it's at. It's not going to have the same impact if if AJ were to have this victory over Andy Ruiz that he avenged because I think Andy's in this point where because of the way he looks, everybody knows now, everybody's like, oh, this guy has credentials and this guy's background and all that stuff. No, no. Like, you guys were all stunned because of the way he's a big fat guy. Big fat guy who knocked out a guy who looks like a Greek god. He looks, he looks chiseled. He looks unbelievable. If you were to pick out what you'd want a boxer to look like. All the complaining all these years of, we need a heavyweight champion who looks like heavyweight champion. Anthony Joshua is that. It's not Andy Ruiz. And so if AJ were to go beat him, I feel like people are going to be like, yeah, so what? You beat the fat guy. Good for you. Even with knowing what AJ, with, with, with what Andy did and that he was dangerous. But let's not forget also, in the aftermath of AJ losing this fight, a lot of credit wasn't given to Andy. And, and the idea that he has these these great hands and and the and the great footwork and all these skill sets, a lot of this has been made of, you know, what was wrong with AJ? Well, was he knocked out in sparring? Was there a panic? Remember, there was panic attack in the locker room. There was uh, there was uh, AJ's father going after Eddie Hurd in the locker room. There was uh, was he concussed? You know, if, and, and look. Some of this stuff, there was some weirdness with it. Like you watched AJ in that in that first fight, and he you just watched him in the pre-fight. He's like, he's kind of just looking around. It's he looked like a space cadet, and this is not a guy who had not been in the big stage before. He's been in much bigger arenas than Madison Square Garden, even though all these Knicks fans want to go to Mecca. You know, it's not a place like that is not going to overwhelm Anthony Joshua from an emotional standpoint. Uh, did he get the best training? He, he, let's be honest, okay? He trained on vacation, all right? He trained down here at, 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 in Miami. And by the way, I'm not trying to say there's not a lot of hard guys who train down here. Some of the hardest training does come down here at the gyms that we have. Luis Ortiz is damn crafted down here, whether it be our, our, our local champs and all that stuff and uh, the countless of mixed martial artists. AJ wasn't fighting like this. Like, if you guys go YouTube, go to Anthony Joshua's YouTube channel and go look at what he had put together as his gym in Miami. He was training on the beach, but, like, the luxury South Beach. 
He had his own custom gym built, his own facility built, and he did all that within his own building. So it wasn't exactly feeling like he was sweating, whether it was at that point Jarrell Miller or certainly not when it turned to Andy Ruiz. Um, and maybe that resulted in him getting knocked out in training. Maybe he's going to come in with a lot more focus. I don't know. A lot has also been made about the weight that these guys are at, you know, that AJ is not going to be as muscly, that he is uh, he's leaned out for this fight. Uh, and the same with Ruiz, that Ruiz is uh, has lost his weight. You know, a lot of people have been looking at Ruiz and they're like, well, don't change. Don't, 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 don't be the guy that, don't don't change anything that you were the last fight going into this fight. Here's why I think that's stupid. Because this isn't under the same circumstances. There's no way. There's no possibility. Unless unless Anthony Joshua is just the densest person in the world. There's no way that Andy Ruiz is going to catch him by surprise this time with his skill set, with his punching power, with any of that stuff, with his hand speed, any of that stuff, because he's been in there with him. He's been knocked out by him. He's been put on the canvas multiple times by him. So if I am if I am Andy Ruiz, I am changing some factors. I do have to have a plan B, a, a, a different a different asset. I don't want to be exactly the same guy that AJ took on with no prep. I really don't. I'd, I'd like to have something else that I could fall back on. Now, look, I've seen Andy Ruiz at these, uh, these lead-up events for DAZN. Let's not act like he's out there like he's Slim Jim. That's not, that's not exactly what he's turned himself into. Will he be in better shape? Possibly. Um, but I think a lot of that stuff is oversaid. Like, look, we just watched Luis Ortiz against Deontay Wilder. Luis Ortiz left Miami, went to Las Vegas, put himself in seclusion, looked better physically than he ever had in that in, in his career, and fought the fight not very confident in his gas tank. Like, he felt like he fought that fight holding a lot back. And so, even if a guy looks different or looks better, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to fight better. You know, it it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that. So, you know, maybe there is something to just being who you are. I don't know. But, but I think that both of those things, they're both going to try and change things because the fight's under much different circumstances. And if you're AJ, you have to go searching. You know, people want to go find a new trainer, find new people. Uh, I think the thing that's going to be interesting is, is Anthony Joshua just at full strength being a guy who takes an opponent seriously? Is that guy good enough to go beat Andrew Ruiz? Or is the guy built upon a, 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 a fraudulent resume? I don't think he has. And I think if you were to really look at Anthony Joshua's resume amongst all the other heavyweights, Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury, he's got the best one of the beating the best guys. You know, beating Povetkin, beating Joe Parker, beating Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, he also beat Dominic Brazil, Dillian White. He's got the best resume out of any of these guys. It's not really even close. Deontay Wilder has a couple of wins over Luis Ortiz, which, of course, is a huge feather in his cap. He's got the draw against Tyson Fury. Um you know, and Tyson Fury really has the Klitschko fight that everybody leans to, and that's kind of that's kind of his holy grail. And then he has the fight against Deontay Wilder where it's a draw. So other than that, look who he's especially been fighting lately. I mean, he's beaten Derek Tuzora, good fighter. A couple of times he beat him. Um, you know, Steve Cunningham, 
you know, got got off the can, you know. So it, it he's got he's got some decent fights, but the most the ones where you're just like, what are the ones we're gonna hold up and be Tyson Fury's legacy? Right now, it's Vladimir Klitschko and getting up like the Undertaker against Deontay Wilder. Anthony Joshua's resume is better than any of these guys. It is. And so he needs to get into whatever waters it takes to be that guy, to know that he's beaten a lot of the top-class guys over his career, not overthink it too much. Maybe just be the guy who takes Andy Ruiz a little bit more seriously. Now, look, maybe Andy Ruiz just has his kryptonite. Maybe he's just going to be in there in the right range because let's not forget, AJ did put him down in the third round and then got whacked on the head that same round and really was never the same since. As doesn't remember the round. You remember he kept asking what round it was in the corners. He was really messed up from that. So... What's going to be interesting for AJ is if he does get that opportunity to put him down. We've seen this a couple times in his career where he's gotten a guy down and has gotten over-exuberant to go finish him. This happened in the Klitschko fight. Now, the difference was he was able to rally back. And that's why that's why when everybody goes and says that, you know, this guy's a punk, he can't get through. Go back and watch that Klitschko fight. It's one of those thrilling fights you'll ever see. It was It was an unbelievable show of guts from Anthony Joshua, where I think all those questions were in in, in his uh, were legitimate. Like, what is this guy? Is he just built on? Is this too much too fast? Only the 19th professional fight of his career. He's fighting the, the long-reigning Vladimir Klitschko, who himself had a weird fight. You know, the, the fight before that, fighting uh, Tyson Fury. We never got that rematch, and people will look to that fight against Tyson Fury and say, that was a really weird performance by Vladimir Klitschko. I, you know, some may say, Oh, you know that was all Tyson Fury. I don't. I mean, to to think a guy who had been reigning over the division as long as Vladimir Klitschko had that he's going to fight that way against Tyson Fury. I, I don't buy it. You know, some guys, especially in the heavyweight division, they just have rough nights. They have rough nights and weird nights where you just don't have everything clicking on all cylinders. So, what Anthony Joshua are we going to get this night? It's a big. It, you know, it, it's one. I don't really know we're going to know until the first round. If 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 all of what happened in the previous fight was just hey Andy's got the he's got the the key to beating Anthony Joshua and that's that or did we just watch an off night from a really good champion um, I don't know if we're gonna know that case I think every excuse conspiracy explanation has been thrown at that first fight and what it was um, and and we're gonna find out whether the answers were. Off night for AJ, or Andy's just better. Andy's just better than him. Now, what's better for boxing? Um, and, and look, it's a couple things. Andrew Ruiz was a was an interesting phenomenon because he won that fight and he blew up in popularity. Really, really did. People liked the fact. It, it, it's an interesting. It's a different t- day and age where I think people liked the fact that a guy that looked like Andrew Ruiz and was kind of just real and raw when it become went went and and became champion like that and his star power i really think it escalated um so i think that you could throw him in the mix with any of these guys and it's a big deal i think whether he were to fight deontay wilder or if he were to fight tyson fury i think all those are fun matchups they're tough matchups for him remember andrew ruiz he's six foot tall all these guys are behemoths six 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 nine 
the the, the Anthony we're we're in the land of giants when it comes to heavyweight. Um but he he has just supreme skills that he possesses even with his body type. Um but with all that being said, I think AJ being in a in a position where he can either have a clash with Tyson Fury or have a clash with Deontay Wilder, those are bigger fights. They're bigger fights. Internationally, I mean, if you have a, uh, a British heavyweight showdown between him and Tyson Fury, absolute monster. We've been waiting for the Deontay Wilder fight forever. Um, I don't know if that fight's ever going to have the shine that it could have had if they would have been able to put everything aside with all the management bull bleep because now AJ is not undefeated. Uh, and even Deontay has the draw on his resume with Tyson Fury, as big as that fight was and as much as people cared about that fight. I don't know if it'll ever be as big as it is, um, but it's still a big fight. It's still a big fight, and it's a bigger fight. I feel like if AJ to come out of this as the winner, it's a bigger fight than Deontay versus Ruiz. So if we were to come out of this and say, all right, Deontay is going to come out of the win with Tyson Fury, victorious, cool. Uh, ideally, who would he like to fight in the next fight? What would be a bigger deal? It'd be a bigger deal if he fought Anthony Joshua than fighting Andy Ruiz. It's a tough fight to pick. It's a tough fight to pick. I'm picking AJ. I think I, I think I'm more in the camp of I think AJ had a bad night at the office. I think Anthony Joshua had a bad night at the office. Uh, he had a lot of mismanagement around him with what Eddie Hearn did with. Whatever they did to manage this camp, it was seemed like it was done really poorly. They got they got a bit of a, what I like to call with uh, with the Miami Heat from time to time. They got fat cat syndrome is what happened, and they got beat by a fat cat is 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 really what happened. That's what happens when you get when, in the boxing game. You, you get fat cat syndrome, you get beaten by a fat cat. So that's what that's what went down. I think AJ is going to win this fight. I think that he's going to fight probably a more cautious fight. Look, if we're going to be honest about it. If you it, 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 you got to feel like it's going to be hard for An- Andy Ruiz to win a decision against Anthony Joshua. So knowing that, knowing what's on the line for him, uh, I've, I I tend to believe he's going to come out of this on top uh, and, and, and become champion again. And, and then we'll see where the dominoes fall for him versus Deontay Wilder, him versus Tyson Fury. Um, but I think that I'm going to feel very differently. I'm going to either feel great about it or differently about it very early in that fight. I think we're going to know whether he's he's got Andrew Ruiz right where he wants him or, oh no, that this is, this is going to be a problem. So I'm going to go with AJ to win the rematch and, uh, and, and get his belts back. That'll be my prediction for that fight. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Enjoy the games this, uh, this Sunday. We will talk to you guys tomorrow morning, 6 to 10 a.m. right here on 790 The Ticket.